Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to The Three Questions. I'm your host, Andy Richter. Today, I'm talking to Jonathan Van Ness. Jonathan is a lovely human being. He's a hairstylist, stand-up comedian, entrepreneur, television personality, podcast host, and author. Uh, He became a household name as one of the stars of Netflix Queer Eye. He's also the host of Getting Curious with Jonathan Van Ness podcast, uh, which will be expanding to cover so many topics you wouldn't believe it. We were very lucky to have him live in the studio. We had a ton of fun. Here's my conversation with Jonathan. Well, let's start podcasting, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, I'm talking today with Jonathan Van Ness, uh, who is... Well, now a hairstyling mogul. I was a I was a hairstyling mogul even before. Oh, um, you were. I was a mogul of chaos and <laughs> being a whore. Oh, um, wow! So both, you know. Is that is that what, what is that a hairstyling mogul? Uh, yeah, I, I just had different. I just had different. I just had different goals. Yeah. I had different. I was in. I was running in different circles. Yeah. Yeah. And um and and queer eye. You're very. You know. You, you're you're. I mean, that's where I became aware of you uh, was on Queer Eye. And and then I was also I didn't realize you're from Illinois. You're from Quincy, Illinois. I am. I know. I'm from Yorkville, Illinois, if you know where that is. Um, is, is so that by Aurora? Oh, I, I'm very familiar with Aurora. Yeah. 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 And um, so, yeah. So I always I'm always, you know, fellow. I don't know how you feel about fellow Illinoisans, but I always feel some kind of kinship. Me too. Get, yeah. Especially when they're like non-Chicago adjacent Illinoisans. Yes. Yes. Even though I love Chicagoans as well. I do too. Um, but I do think, you know, when you get into that like Quad Cities, Rock Island, Moline, Rockford, mm-hmm. like, you know, like Edwardsville, fucking Springfield, yep, like, yep. you know, what's up? What's good with like that central and southern and like northwestern yeah, Illinois? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, but you're so, a hot <laughs> slut for fuck's sake. And I'm so excited here now. Not to take a hard right, but I'm going to. Okay, do um, it. There's something about this studio, and I know that I'm going to age myself, and that's fine because mm-hmm. I think aging is a privilege, and I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Um, I feel like there is a strong Frasier vibe to this oh. studio, this particular studio. There's something about. I know that there's not a glass viewing area, but there's just something about not the whole office, obviously. Right. Not because it's way too chic. We're way too 2023. Mm-hmm. But there's something about this. The, I don't know if it's the blue, if it's the lighting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Kelsey fucking Grammer and that cute little dog. <laughs> and then the lady, who was that fierce Roz. actress? I love her. Yeah. And is it 
Okay. I, I'm, can I go? Can I just, can I go on you it? Just do whatever okay, you so want. Will you tell me if this is right or wrong? Because I, okay. Do you know, um, do you know the character in Speed 1? You saw Speed 1, right? I did. With Keanu. Remember that fucking lady who, when, when he's like, I'm watching you, like, don't evacuate the bus. But then she's like, sorry. And she does. And oh, then she yeah, gets pulled yeah. up and she dies. Okay. So I thought that that actress was the same actress who plays Aunt Maggie in Twister. Uh-huh. That everyone, you remember in Twister when everyone goes to Aunt Maggie's and she has like the steak and she has like those amazing wind chimes? That one I no, don't remember. No, no, come on. No, no, no. You I have don't to, remember no. Twister. Come on. Yes, you do. Okay. Helen Hunt, I, I'm going to say yes. Bill Paxton. Yes. Helen Hunt, remember? Yes. Like we got cows. Yes. Do you, did you guys see it? Yeah, but you so that's still not ringing a bell for you. No, not at all. No. Okay. Well, I thought that they were the same actress, and then just like two weeks ago, I realized that they are not the same actress. And uh. so, ever since the '90s, like I've been so wrong, <laughs> and so I just was like really surprised. So now back to Roz yes. from Frasier. Is she also the same actress that's in Elementary that's having her Renaissance? Is that the same actress, or are they different? No, that's a different. That because it's Perry Gilpin, of course, I believe is her name. Correct? Yes. In yeah, Frasier. in Frasier. But I don't. I haven't seen Perry Gilpin in a while. So I just want to like highlight that I think it's great that I, as a white person, am miss am yes. messing up white people. You're saying white people all look alike. Yeah, I know. So I just think that that's right. I think that's. I'm Brian Dennehy. I'm by relieved. The way. I'm Brian Denny back from the grave. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so that's, I just, so that, so, but you guys are saying that they're, yeah, so they're totally not the same. Yeah. But do you see how they could totally be sisters or something? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, it's like yeah. the red hair. I know, the vibes. I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, my ex wife once said to me, she said, oh my God, there was a, an unhoused gentleman uh, asking for money at, at a, at a stoplight. And she said, oh, my God, that's that's Dorothy's ex-husband, Stan, from Golden Girls. No. And, no, I, and I was no, like, I was like, no, that it, I, well, that was I was no. like, no, it isn't. She's like, I swear it is. It has to be. That has to be him. No. And I, was like, I was like, that I couldn't have befallen so. him. They had and royalties then, back then. As soon as we stopped, I looked it up and he'd been dead for three oh, years. Oh, thank God. And I was like, yeah, that was him for sure. His character you know. work was too. And, and actually, no one, as I am saying that out loud, deserves to deal with homelessness or being houseless. Yes. Like, no one deserves no, that, no, whether or not you're not. a great actor. But I but just yeah, really you like would him. think that, and I being, really like Golden Girls. That being as good, and because he was in everything, I, you know? I Golden Girls is my shit. I it's actually, the I, best. I partially dropped out of college because of Golden Girls. How come you watched it too much? It was on Lifetime. Too yeah, much. yeah. It was on from like five in the morning, and it was on for like four hours, and I had classes at eight, and right. I couldn't get my fucking gay ass out of the house. If, if that was on, it had me in a chokehold. When uh, my first, my first kid, my son, who's twenty two. Uh, my ex-wife and I had joked about because when she was pregnant with him, it was just Golden Girls, oh. Golden Girls, Golden Girls, and we said that that's probably what turned him gay. And, uh, and also, and, and, just too much in in utero Golden Girls. I love gay it's dads. So I love dads of gays. Um, or I meant, yeah, that's what I, meant. I love dads of gays. Um, I also in that era, designing women. Yeah, like those both really, really gave me a lot of my like personality with all those all those characters they're just so funny just the jokes are just i'm always amazed by people that don't have like the camp gene Mm. like that don't find camp delightful and funny and and have a you know like a a, because i there's i know lots of straight guys are just like 
camp humor and stuff or like the golden girls are like roll their eyes like this that is the shit that's really funny stuff oh, you know god i'm obsessed with you yeah <laughs> okay yeah I, mean, I could use at least one person obsessed yeah with no me. i love that thank you yeah um well let's get back to you never yes because the point of this podcast is uh it, it, it the three questions part is uh where do you come from where are you going and what have you learned so that so it's I, I like people to kind of I'm always interested because I do it. To, I've been in therapy for a gazillion years. Mm, same. And I I like people who are willing to say, how come I'm like this? And if I don't like it, what do I do about it? And your story is that completely, I think. Yeah, because you I mean, you you know, you started out in a small town. In a well-established family, too. Tell tell about your family, first of all, in Quincy. Sure. Um, so my family, I come from a broadcasting family. My family had a um, it was a it was like a multimedia company, newspapers, TV stations, and radio stations. Mm-hmm. So my mom was mostly in newspaper. So I grew up like running around newspapers. Um, mm-hmm. so I would be my mom would bring me to the newspaper after work and I would like run around the advertising department. I would be like, I'd be running around with the photographers and like going in the dark rooms and learning like how they develop film. I was like in the like layout room before there was computers and it was like rubber cement and like, oh, yeah. like razor. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So that was kind of my playhouse. And I think that is part of where I developed like such my curiosity to like want to learn. I think like we're getting curious came from like, mm-hmm. cause I, I love learning and I love people that are like really into what they're doing, which is so often like what gets covered, especially in local news. Yeah. You know, cause like I come from a local news family. Yeah. And so I think I, I love journalism. I love learning. And I think I had like a really like exciting, like I just had like a lot of exciting, like, opportunities as a kid if you think like, I got to like rollerblade around a newspaper you know yeah sure there was once a time I think I told I think I tell this story in my book um th- we had like the world freefall convention in Quincy every year where I was from it was like a really big deal like wow. the like the today show would come and like report live like fucking Katie Kirk and Quincy was a big fucking deal Which in the, the 90s fall is fall out of an airplane and, yes. but don't pull your parachute until the no, last minute well no they would like i had like a normal time oh like okay. you know but like free falling you know it's like what it's like the world free fall convention that's what they called it but wow. then i think the insurance got too high because people every year like at least one or like someone would die um <laughs> now well, that's true. a celebration it's true but but, they, but they would be breaking records and shit like for like the biggest like you know form or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and you could get funnel cake there was bouncy houses it was a whole thing it yeah. was like it was like a big deal going out there. Sounds like there should have been more bouncy houses because people were dying. Yeah. But one year we were covering it in the paper and I was like I was maybe seven or something and uh, I got woken up at like four in the morning by my mom who was distraught. Never seen her. She looked like a fucking ghost. Yeah. And basically they had taken a picture of this guy uh, who was rolling up his parachute and he was kind of he was like kind of squatting down, putting the parachute in his bag. Um, and they put this picture on the front page of the paper and then printed it. And it was already like with all the carriers and it was already being distributed. And uh, no one realized that his like testicle was fully hanging out of his of he had, shorts. He had one testicle that had fallen out of his underwear and was like fully visible on the front page. And so my mom was like, wake up your brothers. Like we got to fucking go. And my whole family. We got a nut emergency. Literally, we are like running around town, like taking up paper routes, like running up to the thing, like to get the news to collect them back to reissue like a new paper that morning yeah like we had just like fun shit like there was like it was like i just it was like a like an interesting childhood i think yeah 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 did that so did it go out on the wire too with the testicle hanging 
I don't know if there were like was there wires in the nineties. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. but yeah. So yeah, that it did. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it got released. I'm sure you could find one. I think you know, I people like that's the kind of thing that I just feel like. Listen, you can't half see everything. The population has testicles. It's I personally think that seeing one on the front page of the paper would be delightful. You know? It wasn't. It was. It was a. It was. It was an event. <laughs> it was an event. It was. But so, it yeah, was. That, that was my family. So my like my dad was more on TV. My mom was more on newspaper. And uh, and I, all I knew was is that I didn't want to go into that industry. Yeah. Because uh, was just, it expected? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could do whatever you wanted, but you know, I mean, been in my family for like six generations or like seven generations. Wow. Like it was like a big. Uh, we we actually it just was sold. like a year ago and I definitely never thought I would like see that in my lifetime like I never thought that that would happen so that's it's a terrible time for small oh it's been it's been horrific oh it's been horrific and I'm so and I'm so concerned for I mean literally like news uh new like literacy and being able to interpret news yes uh is really under threat yeah but that hasn't just only been like the it's really been like since the 80s but yeah no it's been a, it's been a downturn and i mean we and we are neck deep in the wweification of of politics and news and everything it's all it's all just like some bullshit spectacle now and that's what half the country seems to, well i mean they're not really half they're like 30% it's so missing yeah that, that's what they want you know they don't so, care about reality they want you know WWE. You know what I thought was so fun? Did you listen to um did you listen to uh Bagman with Rachel Maddow? Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. that shit. Anyone who has not listened to Bagman yeah. Bagman. It was about Spiro Agnew. Agnew. Yes. And and the the Maryland state just incredible corruption. So he was the vice president to Nixon and he had been like the governor of Maryland and prior to that he'd been like the treasury secretary like the department of Trans- mm-hmm. he had like so but he was doing a lot of pay for play bribes. And yeah. so basically I had never heard of him did not know that there was like a dual constitutional crisis at the time because you had Nixon yeah. who was engaging in like Watergate and then yeah. you had Spiro Agnew who was like literally handing out like suitcases full of cash from the White House mm-hmm. for government contracts. Yeah. But what I thought was so interesting that she talks about in that in that series is that like at the end of Watergate, like when Watergate was all said and done and the tapes were fucking out, even with the tapes out, Nixon always had this, you know, I was, I, it was a sham. It was a witch hunt. Like, I, you know, like I, I was mercilessly prosecuted. Like this was a political hit job. It was like a lot of the same vernacular that yeah, we're looking sure. at now. But 30% of people after Watergate still thought that Nixon deserved to be pardoned, that he, you know, had done nothing wrong. Yeah. Like they, or or that they didn't believe yeah. what the charges were. Yeah. Like they felt like it was a hoax. And so even in the presence of like tapes, like it's on fucking tape yeah. and all of that testimony, we still had 30% of people that were like, no. Yeah. You know, so I just think it's the it's the misinformation and disinformation. I got into a hour long and uh, trans debate yesterday, mm. and it was so exhausting because the amount of misinformation and disinformation yes. that is in circulated in our even mainstream media. Yeah, we just got people out here so fucking misguided, so passionate about shit that is 
literally not, not true. Ba- yeah, not based in fucking reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we got people more upset about hypothetical unfairness in sport than the fact that we've got like millions and millions and millions of children and their families who like cannot access healthcare, mm-hmm. aren't allowed to fucking go to school, or scared for their fucking lives. Mm-hmm. Like I know dozens of families in Texas alone who have like fled our state because of what's going on. Yeah, but we're worried about like fictitious Olympic medals. Uh, you know, we're worried about fair. I just, these fucking- No, it's, that's what I say. That's, it's all, if you don't have any ideas, then you get riled, you get people riled up about fucking Bud Light cans and shit like that because you don't have any other ideas other than, well, I think we should, uh, you know, give uh, powerful white people more unfettered access to the cash trough. Which is exactly what. God damn you! That impression was amazing. I I'm sorry I got to say that. It was, just, it was like such. It was so good. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was my. Uh, that, that was my. Uh, I don't know who that was. But um, your three questions. I got so ADHD. I'm sorry. It was like, where have you been? Where Where do you uh, Where do you come from? Where are you going? And what have you learned? We did the where we came from. We got that part right. Yeah. Well, we we I, I'm, we're you know we got time. Oh, I got, I got all rush? the time to no never. Okay. I just um, I just like I have this horrific um habit. Uh-huh. Of going on other people's podcasts. Yes. Commandeering the conversation. That's fine with me. Not asking, not Listen, answering any of the fucking questions. My check cash is the same either way. Whether okay. you lead this or whether I do. Okay, do you want to play this other game then that I had an intrusive thought about five minutes ago, but yes, I was trying yes, not to please, be a dumb bitch? Please, please, okay, because it, it all Let started with Let them all Frazier. out. The it, intrusive thoughts are my friend. It all started with Frasier. Okay, uh-huh. you ready? Okay. Um, You know how like in the 80s and 90s, like, and even like odds, like, you know, there, there's like movie stars and then there's like TV stars. Yes. And I also think about this because of Golden Girls. Yes. Because like they were like TV stars. Yes. And I just felt like it was harder for a crossover. Mm-hmm. So then I was thinking like, do we need to play a game of like, who is someone from the 80s or 90s who like did a successful small screen to big screen crossover? Mm. Oh, 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 I just answered it. I just, it came to me. I just came to me. Are you ready? Yeah. Share. Because she sure, did the Sunny and Cher sure. show and then she sure. fucking got two Oscars. And I would say Johnny Depp would be one. How did he do TV first? Jump Street. 21 what? Jump Street. Yeah, it was a Fox like where he played like a detective who goes undercover at a high school. I didn't even know that that existed. Yeah, yeah. It was, and I heard that name. It was in the early days of Fox. And I, and I think like his partner was like Dom DeLuise's son, whose name I can't. Is like, that what they did me. a remake movie of? Yes. With like. With Channing Chan Tay Tay. Yes, yeah, yeah. honey. Chan Chan Tay Tay. His and Jonah Hill was the other one. Yeah. Channing Tatum's like girl dad, hot, like no toxic masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Like, like gays that are like, ooh, straight guys. Like, I'm so into them. I'm like, I've never been into like, cause like to me, when I think of straight men, no offense, I just think of like skin marks, like icky buttholes, like <laughs> just like not, you know what I'm saying? Like, Smelly, like why yeah, are you into hygiene. that? Like, why are you into that? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'd much rather like a femme queen who knows how to like prepare. Yes. You know? Right. Like, I like Put that. Put some work in yes, before you get exactly. down to business. But yeah, yeah. That, but Channing is the type of like, you know, girl dad, like no toxic misogyny. Yeah. Like toxic mas- masculinity. Like, like girl dad vibes that just really that I do get confused. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, and also I know that he's controversial. It, but shows, like, it shows that you there's growth. You've grown. Yeah. You know, Justin Trudeau does that for me too. Uh-huh. I'm like, wow. And he's newly single. Yeah. You know, what about Keanu Reeves? Oh wait, but I'm married. But wait, what about me as like the first lady of Canada? Well, no, but I'm really, I love well, my husband. I mean, I, just, I love my I husband. I hope your husband's not listening. No, I love him so much. And I, but I, I do think being a first lady could be kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, Justin, if you're listening, 
I don't. I bought it. I bet he's not listening. Could what if the Prime Minister of Canada was like your number one fucking fan <laughs> of this fucking podcast? I was like, oh well, we don't uh, fucking know. Jonathan he's like, oh my yes. god, yeah, yeah. he's talking about me right now. Holy shit! <laughs> I was going through this divorce. The, I made a podcast. And these government scandals, but like at least I got Hello, this win, mom. I got this fucking win. <laughs> okay, but wait. So, but yeah, Johnny Depp is another great one. Johnny Depp was one, I'm, and I'm trying to think like who else would have been. George fucking oh, Clooney. Thank you. From ER, obviously. Yeah, giant one. Yeah. When I think George about Clooney. ER, I think- And it wasn't there in Dermot- Dylan McDermott? Yeah. Mer- or, or yeah, well, like one of the McDreamy or whatever. Didn't he become a movie star? Oh, yeah. He's really attractive as well. Yeah. Um, In ER, do you remember the opening credits? I never watched a movie. Really? Never. There was a part in the opening credits where one of the actors was like in the hallway of the hospital and he was yeah. like- uh, like I think he just saved someone's life or something. He was yeah. like, uh, I, I that's like a core memory for me. I still remember that. You mean, uh, like he, like a fist pump, yeah, he but like, he did he it, like, uh, because he saved someone's yeah, life, yeah, like in the hallway, like he walked High out five. of like saving someone's life and he was like, uh, yeah, it's like a slam dunk, yeah, fucking See, that Western makes me medicine. think Sandra. Oh, there's somebody who I fucking Sandra love her oh, from TV to movies. Yeah. I love her so much. I love yeah. her so much. I love her literally so much. I'm obsessed. Sideways. Come on. No, she's like amazing. <laughs> she's fantastic. She's so good in everything yeah, she does yeah. and she can't help it. And also not to name drop, but I did meet her and her mom and her dad at the Emmys and we took pictures together this one year and she was so nice yeah. in like this really genuine, like you're not even annoying me way, even though you're clearly obsessed with me and yeah, like, yeah. Be, and I was also like asking her mom all about her glam and just be, I was just being generally overeager because mm-hmm. I was just way too excited. Moms love that though. No, I was just like, thanks for not like for being like cool with me. She was like really cool. Yeah, that's yeah. great. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll be inviting everyone over. From barbecues to girls' night. The kids can even host their friends. Whoa, it smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy, the way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a grow? Back to Quincy. Oh my God, my favorite place. <laughs> Where uh, did you feel because of having such a pedigree that you there was expectations of you in town too? Like, did you feel watched because you were from a? I'm making air quotes. Prominent family. Um, I think that there was definitely like, like perception. Yeah. Like there was like a perception of that for sure. I think that for me personally, I was getting more attention. Uh 
not only because of who my family was, but also because I was like a raging homosexual mm. in tights and obsessed with Hanson yeah, and yeah. couldn't stop talking <laughs> about like Michelle Kwan and like my like, you know, never ending obsession of my guinea pigs. Like, you know, I yeah, just wanted yeah. to talk to you about Peanut and Nilly and yeah. what they were up to. And then did you dress them up? I didn't dress them up, but they, I thought they were both girls, but then Nilly turned out to be, or I thought that they were both girls, but then Weenie was a boy. Well, aptly, you may have willed well, I, I changed his name after I found out that oh. when he became a dad. Um, Badgy? No, I no. His name before Weenie, I actually don't even remember. Because it was like a girl. Maybe it was like Noma. Because like my godmother's name was like Noma. But then when we realized that he was a dad, I changed it to Weenie. Weenie. Because I thought it would be funny. Right, right. Um, and But then they had four kids. And so then I so I, I just, I really, I loved guinea pigs so much. Yeah, yeah. And I told everyone about it. Yeah. But I think that's why I was getting more attention. Because I was just like very super queer. Yeah. And a very... You know, I mean, my, my hometown currently voted for Trump in the last election, like three to one. I think mm. the exit poll showed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the trouble with small towns. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, small towns are great. And I'm like, actually, yeah, <laughs> they're thinking, like, yeah. For like, whom? I remember my mom, <laughs> I remember there's a John Cougar Mellencamp song about I was born in a small town. Oh, yeah. I can breathe in a small town, which is like, well, yeah, of course you can. I You're was fucking born in a small town. John Cougar Mellencamp and you fucked your way through central Indiana. Honey, you know. that um, perm, but, that perm, that perm, that textured perm and that volume. It's a one third of his total height was hair. No, that mm -hmm. that perm was really incredible. Yeah. Well, but in that in that song, he says, and people let you be just what you want to be. And we, I was driving in the car with my mother when that song was had just come out. And she heard that and she went, bullshit. When she heard that they, they let you be what you want to be. She's like, uh-uh. It doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, but again, like, yeah, sure. If you're John fucking Cougar Mellencamp and you, you know. Which, who is John? It's like a white, straight. Yes, precisely. Yeah. yeah. It's like, they let you be who you want to be if it conforms to what yeah. they want. Whereas you know? I got chased around with pitchforks. Wow. You know. Literally? Not, um, I Not literally. Right, I do right, say it right. as like a joke, but it was. Torches. I got chased around. Yeah. And, and I mean, how was your, how was your family? I mean, I mean, you know, I, you know, families know. It's like, I have a. This child is obviously a gay child. And and were they accepting? Were they protective? Were they, you know... They did the best they... They definitely did the best they could. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I got really mercilessly bullied. And I think yeah. the, the time in which I got bullied, there wasn't really, like, protocol for, like, how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so... It was stopping weird. That was the protocol. Well, no, I mean, actually, I think, I mean, there was like a time when I was in like seventh grade where like the bullying was so bad. And that was like in the time of like ICQ where there was like, I mean, just death. What's ICQ? It was like this early, like 2000s, like late 90s, like messaging thing that was really popular oh, in like okay. junior highs and high schools. It was, okay. like, it was like ICQ, like ICQ. Oh, 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 I see, I see. Um, And so, but I mean, kids would just be... I mean, yeah. I can't. I don't even say it because, but it's just so many death threats, so much just like terrible mean, stuff. Mean, mean, mean. No, just, I mean, death threats. Yeah. Not like mean, 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 but like you know, you should X, Y. Just really intense. Yeah. Very graphic, and that was really common. And so then, but then when, but then it was like the principal was like, well, you need to make a list of the people who are being the worst, and we'll bring them in and have talks. But then that only like emboldened them and sure, made it like you know way worse. Yeah. And then ultimately that was like in seventh grade. And what really ended up kind of like saving me was cheerleading because 
everyone knew who I was, but no one really liked me except for like, you know, my very tiny little nuclear friends. Yeah. Um, but then when I tried out for cheerleading on a dare and then I made it, all of a sudden, like these girls were like my people. Yeah. And they like they could make fun of me because I was like really over eager and I was so excited to make the squad and like cheerleading became my entire identity. Yeah. But it was like one of those things like you can make fun of your friend or like you can make fun of your family member or friend, but like if anyone else does, like you're Oh, so you got a posse that yes. protected you. So oh, then that's once great. That happened. I felt like I got I did I I was I felt a lot safer, even though I was like more visible. Yeah. But those girls really had my back. And some of those people are like still some of my closest friends today. Wow. Wow. That's wonderful. Well, yeah. one in particular, but yeah. I, mean, yeah, I still yeah. like I still love like all of them. And so, I mean, were you, was there any sort of like dating life for you when you were like in high school? Did you go to dances and things? Or was that were we not at that point yet? No. Um, yeah. I went to dance with my with like girlfriends. I write a lot in my first book over the top about like my first kind of like unrequited, like heart stopper-esque, like, you know, like high school love. Um, and his name in the book was Theodore. Um, but yeah, that was like the closest thing, but that was more just like heartbreaking and like devastating. And, um, and also, also I think, but yeah, no, there, there was no like healthy dating space. No. Right. Right. Yeah. And were there any, and you were the, there was nobody else in town that was like sort of also gay or there was like, there was one kid, um, who was so brave and equally as flamboyant as me. And I loved that kid. Uh, his name starts with a CH and first name starts with a CH and his last name ended with an ER. Um, and so he <laughs> would spell his name capital CH and then lowercase all the rest of the first and last name and then uppercase ER is one word. So right. it would say like oh, Shaher. That's so great. Um, <laughs> like, and when Cher came out with like, do you believe in life after love? Like we would just see each other in the halls like, <laughs> we were really young, but no, there was a two of us. So we really ran and like, cause you know, my hometown is like 35,000 people or something, but like, yeah, it's not like a tiny little town, but you know? all of the really tiny towns around us, like yeah. a lot of their public schools will like, come, like there's only like one high school. Yeah. There's like one public school yeah. and one private school. So everybody, you know, you're like, I mean, my graduating class was like 1500 people or something, or, yeah. or that's a full lie. I think it was 500, but it was big enough that like you wouldn't necessarily see you know yeah there were some kids you didn't really know yeah 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 um well now what what did you think you were going to do with your life at that point i mean was and was there always a i gotta get the fuck out of here always that yeah yeah Yeah, always that i thought i would be a lawyer oh really yeah i thought i'd be a lawyer um then i realized i would rather do drugs and pull tricks in college so (laughs) so that's what you did so i did Uh, uh and but then actually it wasn't only that i wanted to pull tricks and do drugs uh to support my drug habit. It was more of that. Like, I really knew I wanted to do hair. I think I've always known that I wanted to oh, do wow. hair, but my family was like, that's not viable. You know, you like got to get a degree. And if you still want to do hair, then you can do that. But then I think, you know, crashing and burning out of college, they were like, girl, fucking do whatever, but yeah. you're going to like do it. Like you're going to handle it yourself. Yeah. So that's what I did. And this was Arizona. You went to to college in Arizona. Yeah. And it did not. It didn't. Yeah. Um, but I learned a lot, made some good friends, yeah. you know, cut my teeth a little. And then I moved back home and then I stayed there for a couple months. And then I went to Minneapolis and went to hair school mm-hmm. when I was 18. Then I graduated when I was 19. And then I moved to Arizona again because I was like, I can do over. I can do it better this time. But I went to Phoenix the second time and I did. I did great there. I like built a great clientele. I worked at a salon for a few yeah. years. Um, but then I was like, 
I really wanted the reason I didn't go to LA or New York because I was like I knew that I would just like become like a drug addled like just mess in three seconds. Like I was like, you need. I, I had like a voice inside me that was like, girl, you are not Kate. Like you are not mature enough yeah. yet to handle that. So when I was like 21, 22, I was like, yeah, I'm really ready to learn. Like I want to be a, become a better hairdresser. Like I had kind of gotten as busy as I was going to get and learned as much as I was going to learn in Phoenix at that time. Yeah. And so then the next, you know, path or like the next step was LA. So then I moved to LA in 2009. Um, and I lived there uh, with the exception of 2012, which was like my dark era. Um, I like I moved out of LA for like six months in 2012, but then I came back and then that's where I would eventually do like Gay of Thrones and book Queer Eye and mm -hmm. like come to be where I am now. So LA, LA was like a huge part in my like formative, you know, experience. Did you go back to Arizona? Like, was there like, you felt like this is unfinished business. Like I, I fucked up Arizona. I got to go back and make it right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And also like my dad's parents like had like were snowbirds there uh -huh. and I never got to like live in the same city as them. Uh, and my grandma, my dad's mom. And you were close to them and not as much. Like I was closer to my mom's parents. Cause like I lived in the same town as sure. them. And, uh, but, you know, I would see my dad's parents on, like, Christmas, yeah. you know, but it's, like, once a year, like, not that close. And, like, the occasional phone call, but not, you know, that often. And so then when I moved out to Phoenix, or when I moved to Phoenix, like, I knew my grandma was there. And I was like, this is kind of a cool opportunity to, like, get to know her. So I would, like, pick her up every Friday, and I'd take her to the salon, and I'd blow her hair out, and then we'd go run errands, and then I'd, like, take her back to her house. So I really got to know her, like, much better. And then she ended up getting dementia, um, and passed away of complications from like her dementia. And uh, I really got to like show up for my family and like yeah. really be like one that they like relied on for like the first time. So that was like really good. And yeah. then I and then I moved to LA like after she passed away. Yeah. But she actually passed away on my 22nd birthday. Oh gosh. Which I thought was like kind of like I thought it was actually kind of beautiful and like it's actually like really interesting. Like I've always wondered this statistically. I have like five cousins on uh -huh. my mom's side. And I have like, well, wait. And not including me, I have like Jesus. On my mom's side, there's like five grandkids. Yeah. Right. And on my on my dad's side, there's six grandkids. Yeah. And both my grandmas, both my fucking grandmas, died on their youngest grandchild's birthday. Wow. So my mom's mom died on my little cousin's birthday. And my dad's mom, who and she's the littlest one, and my dad's mom died on my birthday, and I'm the youngest. And you're one. the baby of that family. What too. the fuck is this? What is the statistical odds that yeah, out of like yeah. a group of five and a group of six, that like both maternal grandmas would die on like the youngest child's birthday? Yeah, yeah. I just think that's like, come on, statistician, like come through. Like I feel yeah, like that's yeah. like. And what I, does it mean? Well, that I should have placed like a triple bet on that Paris Plus or whatever, because I would have like if that would have been like a good bet. Like who knew? Right, I could have right. gotten so if that, that was like a universal daily thing. Lotto number. Yeah, yes. yeah. Like why couldn't I? Why couldn't line up on something else? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I that was. But they're definitely. I wanted to like prove to myself that I could like hack it alone, yeah. like there. Yeah. And then once I felt like I did, and I was like, okay, I did this. Then I like wanted to move to LA. And and was because. I mean, you got known from those internet videos and from that Game of Thrones recap. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like where you and didn't you win like an Emmy or something? For we that? got nominated or for nominated? we got nominated for three. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, we got nominated for outstanding. Uh, I think it was like outstanding 
variety series short is the yeah. name of it. Yeah. And we were nominated in their like inaugural like the first time the Emmys ever even recognized that as a category. Like we were in their inaugural one. And then we um which I was not nominated for because I didn't understand Hollywood politics. Uh, um yeah. and did not make sure to make sure that I was listed as a producer, which I absolutely fucking lutely was. Yeah. Um yeah. so that was a bite in the ass. But you know, I've learned that about six more times. So yes. <laughs> um, you know, so that's fine. So this first yeah. thing, but that's fine. And also like I, I'm a strong believer in like left let's give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Um, but so but I did get nominated for the second and third times. So oh, I nice. did so I did make sure of that. So that yeah, was how yeah. I secured my first two nominations. And then since then, I've been nominated four times. Wow. For Do you go host. every time? I have. But I have to say, if anyone from the Academy is listening, if you don't give us a fucking red carpet for, like, creative Emmys, honey, mm. kids aren't liking it. Yeah, yeah. Like, why does it feel like I'm at a fucking... It's a like, trade show. Yeah. Yeah. I hosted them one year. In fact, I hosted them on September 9th of 2001. Oh. Uh. Two days later, it was, wow, was 9-11. of course. Yeah. And that, and I, I even, you know, and at that time, because Ellen DeGeneres was going to host them and they had to postpone them, you know, and like put them off. But yeah, but I hosted those and it is, it's like, A, there's, there's, it's just, I told 10 minutes of jokes and then I would, and then it would be like, here are two celebrities to give out six awards. And then I would come and say, wasn't that great? Here's two more celebrities to give out 10 awards, and then it takes three and a half hours. Well, you know what? Well, actually, like, I got to say, like, not to be a cunt, because actually, they do a good job. Like, the show is, like, kind of pretty, and it's, like, it's pretty in there. And, like, it is, like, one— It's gotten fancier, Yeah, but it's, like, just give us a red carpet. Like, you work your ass off, like, all year. Like, you're in fucking New Orleans in 175-degree heat. And that's just, (laughs) I mean, all of these shows, all of these unscripted shows, like, there's this idea that, like, unscripted is somehow easier. Like, yeah. it's actually, I think, fucking way harder because yeah. we have to be ready for anything at any time. Yeah. You can plan as much as you want to plan, but it's you're not working with actors. Right. We cannot, you can, there is so only so much that you can solve for it. We have to be so on our toes. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially for us, because like, we're not in a studio. Like, Mm-mm. I'm not in a controlled studio where I get to do a show for 10 days and then never, and then, like, done in the air conditioning. I wish. Yeah. And not that the other hosts aren't talented because they really, really are, but I'm just saying, on I really, what we do is, like, it is so hard. I, like, listen, I started on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Oh, who we love, and, and we love um, you. Yeah, thank you, uh. thank you. Uh, but he, we started doing that, and at the time... There was, you know, we were we were existing in reaction very much to David Letterman. Like there was stuff that we would think to do and we would go, ah, it's too Letterman-y. Like, yeah, it's good and it'll be funny, but it'll look too much like David Letterman. And one of those things was because he had been so known for going out and doing remotes, which is, you know, a remote piece out, yeah. out of the studio, going out and shooting things. And he was so well known for that, that it was decided like Conan can't really he shouldn't do that. So we'll send you because I kind of, you know, like one of the colors that I would paint with was kind of like, you know, kind of naive guy, yeah. like, you know, man child kind of. And so I'd go and do remotes on these things. And, I, you know, like I, I would go, they'd be like, go to the Miss America pageant and make 10 minutes of television. I never learned how to do that. But how fun. I had to go fucking do it, you know? Yeah. Oh, it was really fun. But I understand it used to i used to go and i just would get so the anxiety 
of sitting in the van as we're driving there before. And also, quite frankly, I'm not like, I'm not the life of the party. I mean, I'm a, I like to be funny and stuff, but I'm kind of shy, you know, especially in like, no, I don't pay you for it. I know, I know. But I mean, but generally in like big groups, like I don't want to be the guy that, that everyone's looking at and laughing at. Yeah. So to go in with a microphone into a big group of strangers it's social anxiety, steroids, you know, it's just so hard. So like, but and so I'm with you. Nobody, te- no, there's no, there's no way to learn how to do that other than just do it and occasionally fall on your face and, and pray to God that your editor is kind. Yes. To you. Yeah. We have a, such an amazing team there. I mean, more like it's that. And it's also like, you know, if something happens with like a house. Or like someone's clothes or like, you know, the highlights or right, like right. the makeup. It's like you're redoing the house and like you find out that there's a leak or something. Yeah, so like yeah, that's yeah. not going to be done. So you got to like switch everything around. Yeah. And then like and also like we want them to have a good experience. So you're also like trying to not make it seem like you just found out that like, a you know, some big fucking thing happened. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, fun on it. You're like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I'm going to have to do this fucked, makeover yeah. in like 45 fucking minutes. And like, I don't have 17 hands. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, and I don't even like, I, I, I hope that didn't, none of that sounded like complaining. I just mean that like it. No, it's a lot of work. It is. It's a it, lot of work. And I just think unscripted is like for like budget to budget of, you know, like, I just feel like unscripted people are generally it's not treated as like as much of an art or as mm-hmm. much of a science or mm-hmm. as much of a whatever. And it's like, I just think it's kind of like wild, wild west. And yeah. you're really learned. Like, it's just I feel like it is really like taxing and takes a lot of skill and art and like cinematography. Like it's storytelling. It's like it's all of it. It's, yeah. it's really I just think it's like really it's like a it's a whole different beast and you don't got to compare them. But I just think like I just think they're both equally amazing. Yeah. And very different. And they deserve their they deserve their times to shine. Yeah. And the people who work so hard to bring this entertainment together, like all back to the red carpet of the Creative Arts Emmys, deserve a fucking red carpet. Yeah. Yeah. Like let these people and it's not only me. It is. Well, it is me, too, because I don't fucking put in eight pounds of extensions to do a slick back braided pony and fucking squeeze my ass in Spanx and a fucking look to get out there for no fucking <laughs> right. carpet. First to of go all, sit in, yeah, but to it's go also not just me. It's all the other people. Like that's everybody's chance one time a year yeah. to like put on your Sunday vest and like go celebrate. Yeah. And to, to stiff those people. Or, like, how much money are you saving from not having a red carpet? Yeah. Like that much. Yeah. Yeah. I'll rent the fucking carpet. How about that? <laughs> like, you, you need a couple... Bring st- one next time. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a growing? When when you came to LA, 
like, had you always had kind of a performer sort of thing in you? I mean, you know, you said you were, you know, obviously gay and, 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 you know, you couldn't hide your light under a bushel. No, you let it shine. Um, did, did you have a performer? Like, did you always kind of want to entertain? Did you always want it like to, cause you know, just to do that on camera on the internet, it, that it takes that performer's urge, which is, I've always said, like, there's no performer that isn't, that is like free of ego. The notion of a, of a performer that's humble and uh, like bullshit. You, you got into a thing where you were like, everyone in this room should shut up and look at me and listen to me. Mine wasn't exactly like that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I read about this a lot too. Like as a kid, I totally wanted to be famous. Like yeah. I saw like star search every week. I wanted to be Michelle Kwan. I wanted to be like, I wanted to be Shannon Miller. I wanted to be a gymnast. I wanted to be a figure skater. I wanted to like, I wanted to be like little Britney Spears on star search or go to the Mickey mouse club. I just couldn't sing and I couldn't dance and I had no athletic capability. So I was yeah. like, how's this going to happen? So, you know, the world quickly told me like, girl, you're not, what are you going to be famous for? Like not only the world tell me that, but I told that to myself. So mm. those dreams of like ever being like a comedian or a famous or anything like that, like, I quickly was like, you know what? I'll settle for just being anonymous in a big city where I can find someone's dick to suck. And <laughs> and I'll do some hair. Because I also like doing hair. Those are very humble. humble and I always knew that I like doing for. hair. Yeah. I always knew that I love doing hair. Yeah. So that was the kind of like my path. Because I was like, that's going to be what you're going to do. And really, ultimately, like I had a client who is an incredible comedian and writer and actress and producer herself, Erin Gibson, host of the podcast Groceries. And mm -hmm. also, uh, yeah, so we love Erin. And um, she, you know, she was in my chair and I, I started talking about Game of Thrones. And I was like, you know, do you watch that show? And I did like this little impromptu little recap. And she was like, that's a, that's a series. Like what you just did, like that's a series. So it was really someone else saying, wow. Like you could like, and so when she said that, and we and when she ultimately pitched Gay of Thrones, I thought she meant like on my phone, like in a salon, like like I had never been on a set that was like sound, speeding, action, like that was my first time. Yeah, and so I literally learned how to produce, how to write, how to do improv, how to perform every Sunday you know, for 10 weeks a year yeah. for like five years. Wow. Because that was how I got an entertainment. And then when, Ga when Game of Thrones would be over, I'd go back to the salon and I'd be like, God, like, how do I do more of this? Like, cause that, I, I think, I, I think I can write. I think I can do improv. Yeah. I think I, I do know how to deliver a line. I can actually memorize a whole bunch of shit really fast and deliver it on cue. Yeah. And I can also improv even better lines that we use. And sometimes we don't like, I just, I learned how to edit. I learned how to, I learned how to do all of that just like with people way more talented than I was, but just like as a hairdresser. Yeah. And so then, you know, over time, like those skills got more and more honed. And then, you know, when Queer Eye came up, I was like, why not me? Like mm. I, like I was meant for that. Um, And so that was kind of, it wasn't that I was like, and even actually going back to Gay of Thrones, like I did Margaret Cho's, I did Margaret Cho, like who was like my first comedic idol, like Notorious CHO, Blockbuster, 2001, like, have that was my first like ah uh, like like I love her like that was like when I really loved comedy like for the first time yeah um and when she did Gay of Thrones she was like you're meant to be a stand up comedian and I literally fired back immediately I was meant to be your hairdresser that's really like can I just can I just be your hairdresser and yeah. she's like come on bitch and so I became her hairdresser <laughs> um but it would take a long time for me to like actually you know start going up which I did start getting up like post gay of thrones but pre queer eye and like actually trying stand up yeah um and but yeah I mean it took me a long time to like get to a place where I was like 
Did you like it? Um, stand up, I loved you right it. away. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. I was like, well, I'll just do like a Game of Thrones style recap of like the Olympic, like of just like my favorite like Olympic figure skating event or mm-hmm. gymnast. And so that was like all of my stand up for the first like like years. And yeah, then I was like, yeah. wait, I need to learn how to like write jokes yeah. and just not be funny talking <laughs> about figure skating and gymnastics. Um, Maybe not, you know. Well, it's, I mean, like, it's, still, it's definitely still a part of my set. But then I just started like really understanding the craft more and like learning about the craft more, yeah. like working with better people than I was and like going to comedy shows and like really just immersing myself yeah, in it. Yeah, when you see the people, because I mean, you know, there's, you see plenty of sort of okay comedy and it's like, oh, that, I, that seems approachable. And then you see the people that are really great at it and you're like oh yeah that's that's different that's a real strong art form in know? my beginning of my comedy career i had to go up after sashir zamada oh bad like not fun <laughs> not great for me yeah, um yeah like you know just seeing someone who's like excellent top of her fucking game uh that was like at the beginning of my career then there was another time further in my career where my fucking agent who is still my agent and I actually love him so it's fine mm-hmm. but he booked me and fucking Ali Wong on a co-headlining oh, tour wow. not a tour but a co-headlining show in like 2019 I was not ready for that yeah, yet like yeah. I was not ready to hold that's and, not and, fair. And, and if you're gonna put me up with Ali Wong can I please go first uh. like <laughs> like you really needed yeah, to have yeah. me first and I don't right. know if she had a call time or what but like but I was not going first yeah yeah um, she was like I got to go or however that got or I don't know maybe it wasn't her but whoever fucking was made a mistake yeah for those poor kids <laughs> because she probably just was like I- a master class her set was no notes yeah like just and it it wasn't a new set like she it was like where that was like the third time i'd done that set and it was like my first hour Mm -hmm. it was like i i saw my life flash before my eyes like 27 times probably my worst performance ever like like there were jokes that like were silent Mm -hmm. after ali wong like bringing the fucking house down yeah yeah but it's those situations that like turn like have made me learn how like when something if something doesn't hit when something doesn't hit that is when you make something hit like i've learned how to get myself out of those positions like from being in really awkward positions for like cutting my teeth like as i learn how to do comedy yeah yeah with the queer when you got the queer eye job and with the whole team did they just kind of cast you all individually and then throw you out in the field or was there sort of like play date set up so you could no, there's like a mass, really like a massive chemistry audition yeah like process and were there people that were in that chemistry audition who didn't have it the right chemistry or was it pretty much you guys were the set group and well as laura goes uh from what i've been told because obviously mm-hmm. i wasn't like in cast i wasn't like in the rooms of casting but The showrunner, whose name is Jennifer Lane, who I love so much, she told me that on the first day of our, like, in-person auditions, I think there was, like, 40 or 50. And it had started with, like, hundreds, you know, through, like, Skype interviews and, like, you know, kind of, like, ANTM ghost style or, like, uh, America's Next Top Model ghost, uh, like, go-sees sort of thing, like, in the beginning. So, you would go have a meeting, and then if you made that meeting, you'd have another meeting. And then if you made that meeting, you would do a Skype. And then if you got through that Skype round, then you went into, like, the in-person, like, 40 to 50 people. It was, like, at a hotel over in Glendale where you just saw, like, 50 fucking gays, like, mingling each other to death Mm -hmm. for the chance to be on Mm -hmm. the next Queer Eye. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, that was, it wasn't that, like, Oh, yeah, but Jennifer has told me that that day, that first day at the hotel, 
when she went back into like the the room where like the all the executives were, and I guess they were like all like they had headshots of all of us in like little profiles mm-hmm. of like all of us there, which like I so wish I could go in that room. Like mm-hmm. now I wish I could so fucking go in that room and like see what they <laughs> and see like, what their little like, this bitch notes talks about nonstop. Yeah. Like this bitch is will not stop talking. Um, but she said that she put she pulled our five pictures and said like this is going to be your Fab Five, like that oh, first wow. day. And after, like, we had these, like, um, like round robin interviews. And uh-huh. I think she said that it was, like, after that, which was, like, the first thing of the day, she was like, this is going to be your thing. And But obviously, you know, there was a lot of back and forth. Sure. But she ultimately was right, and we were the Fab Five. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Was it, Now, I noticed something. I mean, I've noticed, noticed from seeing the original one, there is kind of, to me, almost kind of like a... Uh, a, a theoretical sort of difference between because the first one was, hey, world, get over your homophobia here. You know, here's some some, you know, lovely people who are here to help people. And it did seem like the, the under the sort of the undercurrent of it was a, a group of helpful, like right, basically like gay wizards come in and transform someone's life who might actually be kind of homophobic. And there seemed to be that, that homophobia was much more of a sort of unspoken presence in that original show. And it does not seem to, you know, it, it doesn't seem to be as part of this later one. I mean, you guys seem to go to small towns and it's not even necessarily that kind of, you know, pick some rough, grumpy man to do it, you know, to, to, to queer eye. It's, you know, it can be women. It can be all different groups. And was that something that people talked about, you know, as you were getting ready to start the second iteration of it? Um, well, it's definitely like the first one was like queer eye for the straight guy. And then they did make a very, you know, um, intentional decision to make it queer eye. Yeah. Like in the second. So like for the straight guy definitely was like, it wasn't, it was like more oh, now right. for See, everyone. I even forgot that it had that. Yeah. yeah. So that was like, that was an intentional change, but it's, it's to me, when I think about the first one, I feel like homophobia was spoken to less because it was so prevalent in society mm. that like that was the hey get over your homophobia from just the presence of the show like they didn't even need to talk about it right and and actually I don't think the network would have been down to be so socially conscious right it was more of like were and and also can I just say that I was like the biggest fan yeah. of queer eye like I watched it, was, it with my grandparents like I watched it with my parents I loved it every yeah. season I was obsessed I loved it was them. one of those shows too that I feel like got it was such an instant hit that they kind of ran it you know they ran it too much you know and they and then yeah, they did a like, lot of episodes they saturated you know it's and you know it was like who wants to be a millionaire like it became a hit and then it's like oh my god it's on every night yeah. you know and it's enough already and I, not that i was like enough already with queer eye because what and what was so beautiful about it, is it and it's still it's what's beautiful about it it just so it makes you feel so good it's just such affirming TV and yeah. such an affirming thing of just like, it's like, hey, how about a show where people are kind to each other, you know? But I, but what I was going to say was, to, yes, and that is obviously the point. But I mean, I, I think of like, um, it was like season one or two in Atlanta with Joe, our comedian. We may not talk about it, but you see, like, if I walk into a room on Queer Eye with like a big group, like you'll see people like be like, 
yeah. you know, major side eye. Like there are people like, so I feel like there's ways. Especially that, in the South. And and we can still speak. So, and so we still speak to that. And we still, you know, I think also being able to have like queer heroes, you know, women, just different people. Like we can talk more. I think we can talk more about like the fullness of our realities mm-hmm. now, like on this version, not to say that they, I don't think that makes anything better or worse, but I honestly think that that's, more of a reflection of where we are as a society mm-hmm. than it was of the show or the producers or the cast. Yeah. Because I think that all of those five would have been, you know, brave enough, open enough to have any of those conversations that we have now. But like, no one was trying to talk about, like, you know, have a conversation like what Karamo's having now. No one was trying to talk about that then. Yeah. You yeah. know, it was like, take the tickets and go see a nice show. And, you know, your gay bestie gave you the great haircut. And, you know, now you look better. But yeah, it was now just, you can date. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I just think that that's where we were at the time. And like, that was all like that people were going like just the presence of the show was a big enough breakthrough in and of itself. Yeah. But also like, I feel like that sounds like diminishing because it's like the show is amazing. Yeah. Like I loved the show, but like it was, it was important. It was, but when and I looked, mean for, uh, you know, a cable TV show to be important is really something. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and David Collins, a creator of the show, just like, I love him. He is amazing. He like, I mean, they have absolutely changed our lives. Yeah. And, um, but I think, you know, when you look back at a lot of media of the time, you can see why that was the absolute furthest limits yeah. that anyone was going to be, you know, okay, going to. Yes, yes, yeah. Now, I mean, because you, like I said before, you've got, you've got, let me. Pages and pages, pages of information. Of, like, no, the, um, you you have your own grooming line. I mean, My own hair care line, Tom. Your own hack hair, hair care line. Yes, and, uh, and, then hair. A, and then a pet. Yummers. Pets line, yummers. Yes. Um, and did was this an ambition of yours originally? I mean, does everybody that gets into hair think someday my name's gonna be on conditioner? No, because that was like so far outside my wildest dreams. Like yeah. I didn't think that was like possible yeah. for me. Um, but with beauty, like I mean, Aveda, Sal, like Horse Rock founded by Horse Rockelbacher, Sally Hirschberger, Frederick Fakai, it all Sassoon, like in mm-hmm. addition, like pre-Margaret Cho. John Paul Mitchell or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't in like it was Jose Bear, like those weren't I mean, I like they're amazing, but like my my Oh, they're not your faves. Who my favorite was was gotcha. like, Sally Vidal Sassoon, like the work that they were doing at that yeah. time. I mean, you know, Sally did like the Rachel, she did um she did Meg Ryan's like iconic shag. Mm-hmm. Um but and and but also soon, especially with like those really crisp, clean bobs and mm-hmm. just like his in like intentionality on shape and like they really inspired me from like mm-hmm. a very early age. And Horace Rucklebacher and his work on a beta really inspired me from like I mean, I was just like naturally really into it. But I've yeah. always been like a product queen. Like I've always like loved to like in the shower, like I'll turn the water off after the shower and just like read the back of the bottles. My mom, like, what are you doing? I'm like reading the bottles. Like I <laughs> I've always been like that. Um so, but no, I mean, I didn't think I would get to do it for myself, but I think really what it was is I was offered like a really huge, like life-changing hair care deal with like a very major beauty conglomerate that I literally want to fist myself to death for not taking, mm. um, to be honest. Um, <laughs> what a and, way to go. Yeah. In 2019. But basically, you know, I have like, I'm a hair aficionado. Like I've used every freaking line, like under the sun. I've been doing hair since I was a teenager. I'm yeah. you know, 36. I've been doing hair for a long time. And so there's just like so much plastic. And also I was just like, I used to like overdraft my checking account to get this one line of shampoo and conditioner that I really like. And when I started learning about formulas and like ingredient quality and also like supply chain, I was like, oh my God, like you're just 
fucking paying like $75 like for a bottle. Like it's not the it's not that the it's not that that formula punches, you know, that much better than like a $20 formula. Sure. Like as I started learning about it. Um so then with this particular company, I was like I'm down to clown like I like this but like here's the deal, I'm really worried about plastic. Like there is just because when Queer I started, I was getting like so much plastic, just so much shit sent, like sent to me all the time. Like, try this, try this, try this. And I was really concerned about like everything was like just every fucking thing was plastic. I was like, why aren't we like just like, can can we break? Can I get it? Can a bitch get some recycled aluminum around here? Yeah, like, yeah. can I just can I get like a, like a glass jar? Can, can we get like a, like a tablet that you like put in a thing? Like, is there something that we can do to like minimize our reliance on plastic? Right. So that's what I pitched. I was like, I will sell myself. My, I will sell my soul to you. Who's someone who like, are you my fave products? No. Are you my, like, no. But the number was insane. And then I was like, but can we like pivot the formula like a tiny bit? And could we like try to like lessen this reliance on plastic? Could we at least, what about some like recycled non-virgin plastic? Like, yeah. and there was just no movement. Like, and I was just like, and then I was like, you know what? I'm sick of fucking making money for other people. Yeah. I'm sick of like doing shit for other people that I don't believe in that isn't the way I want to do it. And then I was like, I think I can make formulas that are actually like luxurious and sustainable. Mm -hmm. They're luxurious and they're affordable. Like, cause I, once I put that all together, I was like, wait, you can still make a profit and still make money without price gouging people and then make like great formulas that are universally efficacious. Mm -hmm. um, cause there's just so much like marketing and hair care that's confusing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's actually doesn't all have to be that confusing. It's like, do you want your hair bigger or smaller? Do you want to enhance your texture or do yeah. you want to like change your texture? Like, but I feel like people just get so confused. And so yeah. I was like, I just, I was like, I think I can do this better. Um, so I was like, and I'm going to bet on my fucking self. So then I started JVN here and it's been the wildest ride. I love yeah. it. I love it. So, I mean, I guess it, yeah, is it seen as a success in the industry? Yes, it is. We're okay. in Sephora nationwide and uh -huh. we are, you know, our sales are really great. I am so proud. I mean, our team is so incredible and our chemists are incredible. Like our team is so good. And I really, as much as I, you know, wish I would have had those multiple seven figures from those people those years ago. <laughs> uh, that would have been nice. It should have, like taken that and then just like sold my soul and then, you know, come and done this. But that's okay. You know, you live and you learn. Um, I hear so many times a day that my formulas have changed people's hair, have like allowed them to learn how to style their curls that they never knew how to style, have let them like allow them to like grow their hair out because like their ends aren't fucked up anymore or like mm. allow them to like find their confidence or like allow them to find a way to like they want to style their, their hair for their self-expression, not because of like getting validation from someone else. Like I, when I hear that stuff, I'm like, this is like, this is what I came for. Yeah. Like I came here to bet on myself, but really because hair is where I learned to like self-express and mm -hmm. learn that like, I'm not styling myself for this person to think I'm hot or fuckable. I'm styling myself because like, this is what brings me joy. And it's the process. It's like, it's the, I want to try this. I want to learn how to style my hair this way. Then trying succeeding or failing it's that process yeah. like that builds confidence and that's more than stand-up that's more than being on tv that's no i didn't say that oh all right um, <laughs> but well you said that's why i'm here but i but, but no in hair care like, that's see, why i'm I in see. hair okay, care that's my I mission understand. in hair care I um but i think it's actually funny my social media manager like tried to make me list my priorities the other day and like in terms of like wow. passion, wow. get I, off my back. And I was like, they, "You're they you pay they you're paying them. They shouldn't give you homework." Well, he just wanted to know, like in his head. But it's like, I feel like I'm at a point in my career where like I only do things that I'm really, really passionate about. Yeah, and why not? Yeah, like I'm not doing shit that's like I'm not really fucking moved by. So yeah. podcasting, like so comedy podcasting, JV and hair, like 
those and those all, and things. actually yummers as well like yummers is like really near and dear to my heart i'm really passionate about pet care animal care i also got to do it with anthony and so that's been really yeah, fun yeah. but i think yummers is like the thing that is different for me about yummers as opposed to other things like i definitely never thought like i definitely always wanted to be a multiple pet parent mm-hmm. like i always wanted to be like not on hoarders but i've always wanted like lots of cats and dogs yes yeah yeah and i accomplished i that. understand um, i understand but really, like, Liza Meownelli, she's my second oldest cat. Uh-huh. She was a Panluke survivor. And, like, 80% of cats or something like that that get Panluke die when they're little. Mm. And the ones that survive, they get so many antivirals and all these, like, medicines when they're little that, like, messes up their stomachs. Yeah. So I just literally was, like, drowning in cat diarrhea for, like, two years. Mm. I was, like, in and out of all these vets and, like, vet nutritionists. Hello, like, Hollywood. They, Liza was, like... Literally, when I look at her, I'm like, my love for her is so deep because, yeah. like, like she shit on my chest in the middle of the night. I mean, I, I was it was on top of a comforter. Normally, that costs good money. But she, uh, she literally, like, her bowels were her uh, inflammatory bowel syndrome was so intense from uh, the complications from her stuff. Poor, poor thing, like, kitty, literally couldn't help it. Yeah. And, like, you could tell she didn't feel good. You and know, she like, doesn't know what's going on. Well, she like, couldn't yeah. get to the litter box. It was just like so explosive. Yeah. But like, but it was through that that I started learning a lot more about animal nutrition, supplements, like things to balance an animal, like, and also like how some. Like diets are formulated to be complete for animals, but sometimes that still leaves like holes if they have like an extra situation. Like if you if you have stomach issues, if you have like uh, pet issues, if you have like joint or pet who says that fur issues or like joint issues. Yeah. Sometimes like you do need. And so I was adding probiotics. I was adding like all these other things into the food anyway. Mm-hmm. And then I was posting about that all the, that all the time. And then I met our other co-founder of Yummers. And so that was kind of how Yummer started. But that was just kind of like organically and naturally because I was like going through it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I think pet food I became passionate about by accident from having like a sick as shit cat that I was like determined to figure out like how her, for, to like not have her have diarrhea. Yeah. Then we found out Liza Meonelli's a man. Um, but <laughs> but after I named, I was like, it's fine. Like, fine, we're keeping fine, the name. Fine, fine. We're keeping your name. Right, so Liza exactly. Meonelli was assigned male at birth. Exactly. Hard to sex a cat. Liza Mianelli stands. My my, I have a three year old, uh, and her a twenty two year old and a three year old. Yeah, I I just recently got married to somebody that had a child already, and I'm adopting now our daughter, and she's three. And her favorite bit, her favorite doll is a Walmart doll that somebody gave her that has, it's a, like one of those kind of realisticy ones. And it has a little headband, which oh. I hate on babies. Oh. I hate you know headbands with a little bow. But because she had a, she, I mean, she, this girl latches on to boys in her preschool class and then like Glenn closes them. Oh, good for her. Oh, it's like, like there's like, like school just started again. And we were, we're saying there was a boy and we said that she was obsessed with, like there was a bouncy house at school at like a carnival thing. And he left and she was standing in the bouncy house going like, his name is Luca. And she's like, where's my Luca? My Luca for 10 minutes. Her That's mom and I just like wandered away. It was embarrassing. And, and after a while, like, like I'm, I'm in show business. I know when something's performative, she was do, she was, it was a show. She I was like the- reveling in her, <sighs> in her, you know, glorious abandon. Like, Oh, my Luca. Although, and I drive to school, like, have, are you excited to see Lucas? She says, no. Lucas said, I'm not playing with you anymore. He said, no, no, no. 
All right. So Luke, oh, we got to get her in voice lessons. <laughs> but she, no, we got to take that baby, spurn. baby Justin. Is baby Justin? It's, it's a little obvious, you know. It's a dress. But what's her name? Uh, uh, what's your daughter's uh, name? Cornelia or Coco? We Coco. call her Coco. Okay, yeah. I, I'm firmly becoming stage parent now. Yes, Coco. We got to transmute this pain into purpose of this rejection <laughs> by fucking Luca. <laughs> we no, we do. We got. I know. I'm, I'm. I don't know why you're laughing. I'm. Dead. We. I, I know that the strike is serious. And, 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 but right. so, but I think voice lessons are probably permissible. Okay. Yeah, we can't she talk can about writing. Yeah, anything. she can start no, writing songs. No, yeah. Well, or just like really, we got to get into our diaphragm. Let's get into that belly singing. <laughs> like now, I have a question. Yes. You said you have a 22 year old. Yes, now a seventeen-year-old daughter and then a three-year-old daughter. Twenty-two, seventeen, three. Yeah, yeah. Are you as a childless person myself? Yes, yes. I would just assume that having a twenty-two-year-old and a seventeen-year-old, you'd be like, "I'm so I'm so close." <laughs> um, but then you're like, "I would like to go back to starting go." Yeah. And I no. Is that a thing that happens when like when you're when the when, when they're about to fly the roost, you're like, no, I want a guy, I want a new baby. No. And it Are you stressed? Because that's Oh no, it yeah, absolutely. It's a lot more it's, years. It took I mean, I you know, we've been together we're we, you know, got married. We've been together a couple of years now, so I have time, but I definitely well, A, um, I like being a dad. It's the best thing I do. Literally everything else is nonsense and bullshit. See, and that's how I can tell I'm not a parent. Yeah. And that's how I can tell I don't want to be yeah, a parent. Yeah. Because there ain't no fucking kid that could be more important mm -hmm. than what I'm trying to do right now. I'm sorry. It's just not. Like, yeah, but, I'm trying you know, to change the world out here. I don't have time I understand. for your shit I and understand. your piss <laughs> and your fucking mouth. But I do like, I do like to take them for like a few hours hour, yeah, yeah. or even like I'm actually my niece is gonna come like stay with us for like a weekend for the first time because like her bestie from my hometown like moved to Austin and she's all like giving Luca but like you know bestie she's like my best friend yeah Um. I, there's a few kids who I like like, yeah. like the, actually the president JV and Hera she has two really cute kids Yeah. one of them goes to gymnastics she also does those really cute like um like lunchbox insta stories like of like when they when, so there's something about those like lunchbox insta stories like mm -hmm. of the lunch that like kind of made me like those kids like yeah. I, I don't know what like I don't know why but I was like oh my god they're cute yeah. So like, I feel like if she was ever like, you know what, I'm gonna have, a, I need, or like me and my husband need to go out for a night, like where we went, like I could take a kid for like a day. Yeah. You know, I could do a weekend. Yeah. Uh, there's like six kids who I like. Yeah. Um, maybe like eight. Well, that's when people say like, I don't do like you, all of them. Do you like kids? I said, yeah, some. some. You know, yeah, because some. You know, I don't but like I mean, it when they're like, all fucking like just. I don't. I don't fucking like it when they just don't say like, hi. Yeah. Can yeah. you say hi? I I mean, I always made a point with my kids to, you know, because the yeah, people that let their kids hide behind you know, behind their leg and say, oh, sh you know, she's shy, whatever. No, you gotta you gotta interface with the world. I can already say hear those hello. parents. Somebody's talking to you. I can already hear those parents like in the comments. Yeah. Screaming about whatever. You don't know, whatever. And yeah. that's why I just I can't even I can't. Yeah. So but I am really loving that you can. Oh, thank you. Good for you. Thank you very much. Three times. Do, Good for you. I, will, I and I have I've I have said this before, and it took a, a little bit for me to get to that, or get to this, but I have always like and I'm 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 gonna try and do a book deal thing because there is something like it's not a coincidence that I was a talk show sidekick that I was number two mm. 
like like I like I don't want to be number one. Number one's a lot of work. And especially it's a lot of boring meetings and shit. You know, it's like I don't, I'll say, yeah, I'm, <laughs> he, by the way, uh, Jonathan's wearing a tiara with a big number one. on. But I it. also feel like, girl, you're deluge if you are. I mean, like, I guess like technically in the role, like you were like, I guess like, I understand. But like, that's still like it's really giving hardcore number one vibes, you know? Well, I, I mean, thank you. But but it. But it isn't like I like being like I, I, I have done stand up and I didn't enjoy it that much because I like being on stage with people. Mm. I like being part of an, an ensemble. I don't really need the solo stuff. I don't need stuff from strangers. When I did Conan, I was trying to make the cameraman laugh. Uh. You know, the audience didn't matter so much to me because and especially like if I could make the cameraman laugh, they've heard all my bullshit. So if I can break through their, like their crusty exteriors, I feel like, okay, I'm doing something, you know? And that's what made me happy. Um, but I... Uh, I have an intrusive thought. Yeah. Um, my mom is... I didn't say this before. My mom's like really attracted to Conan. Oh, wow. Like, that's like her person, just wow. so that we're clear. And also, I know that earlier you mentioned that you were heterosexual. Yes. Um. Have you ever been like a little shivered by Conan or do you just like know him too well? I just, I also feel the affliction of being shivered by Conan. Like mm -hmm. he's just like, it's like really tall. Yeah. And I think it's like the jaw. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like the, it's like the face and the jaw and the tallness. I'm like, if I saw him in a steam room, like for sure. Yeah. Like absolutely. Right. Like absolutely. And to be honest, you too. I just think you're gorgeous. Irish, like, Irish potato kind of. But he's of, never, you know. he's never shivered your timbers like a little, you, you, you I, never had like a little bit of like a gay knowledge. question. There's, there's too just much. too much What about at the very beginning? Like at the very beginning where you're like, ah. No, I, no, no. Was there I don't a time think... where he showed up for you so emotionally that you were like, I'm not physically attracted to you, but I'm like emotionally turned on that oh, you. Oh, I love him. I love him. And I mean, and I always would say, you know, I, you know, I, 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 he was definitely the daddy and I was the mommy. Like that uh, was just the way that it kind of, that it, that it kind of was like, yeah. he would be, you know, he was, he was in charge and he kind of ran things, but like I was the one that people would come to with complaints or when uh, they needed kind of a little bit of comfort or whatever, you know, your side hug gives me that. Um, no, oh, your side, your you. side, I, I literally felt so safe at our oh, side. Gosh, hug. No, I, I, I was like, nook. Um, um but yeah, but but I I I like being number two. So I like having because I left to my own devices. I don't know what the fuck to do with myself. That all comes from a place of of codependence, of mm. being like of being around people that are so loud about what they need that what I need doesn't enter into it very often. That's me. Uh, is it? I, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I try not. I try to check that part of myself. But yeah. I've been having an intrusive thought ever since the last one I said about how I want to do fan fiction of like you and Conan in an alternate universe that sure. did fall in love. Right, right, right. I think right. that's just because like gays, we just want every pair of men to want to fuck each other. Like, sure. I, I don't know why. I I think I know why. Oh, because it's, it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah,
Ioana one? I, I, I don't remember, but I did watch it because we used to, I think the first four seasons were amazing, we incredible. Actually, I was the first 10 girl myself, but here's the thing. Did you guys watch? Okay, you, you okay, we're really vibing. <laughs> yeah, so you watch, yeah, okay, so do you remember the top four photo shoot where they had to do the nude shoot on Lake Como in Italy and they had to like use each other? They did really long extensions. And I they do had to, remember that they had to picture. Use it, and it was black and white and they had to like use each other's bodies to like just- Block, yes. yeah. I need you and Conan to recreate. In fact, <laughs> in fact, like, should you and Conan like do? Would that go so viral on like TT or IG if you guys like recreated like a like like all of like like a picture from each like or should why, why a picture from each season? What if it was like every picture from ev all twenty four cycles? <laughs> And, and 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 like on IG, like on the poll, it could be like who did it better, like who is America's Next Top Model this week, like did you do it better? Sure. And then like the top two photos would be like you guys going up against each other. But Joanna had these like long brown extensions, and I think she was in the picture with Shandy. I think yes, I it remember was these because, names. because April and Mercedes were together, and it was Shandy and Joanna, and that late coma. I'm literally getting the chills just thinking about it. It was the most gorgeous in fact for social mark this down and if this gets cut out of the podcast I'm coming back here and I'm gonna fucking cuss all you guys out here I'm gonna fucking rip these fuck if this, does, if this doesn't make the fucking edit I swear to fuck I'm gonna come fucking unglued, okay? yeah so, yeah um, if, since I'm guessing that you probably won't shoot that reenactment but yeah, you yeah. I'm guessing you want if you could take the photo and cut out their faces and replace and put ours yeah that would make me really happy for social and, if that, could, and if, that, if that could be some sort of like but not it's, it's like you and Conan it makes no sense for me and you right, obviously right, but, right. but that's that's what and I would like. Do, you could, we could be multiples. Like there could be oh, yeah, five no, of me. I, no. and, yeah. Well, because like I, I could be both April and Mercedes in the other photo. Yeah. Like if it was me holding myself. Oh. You know, I got to interview Mercedes. Says so much. I got to interview Mercedes on the pod years ago. Uh -huh. Um, I fucking love that episode so much. I fucking love Mercedes. I still yeah. follow her on Instagram. I'm really to me, to me, Mercedes. Top uh, first runner up cycle two, mm -hmm. and then Kaylin first runner up cycle four. Mm. She lost to Naima. Those to me are the top two first runner ups in America's Next Top Model history. Uh huh. It's controversial. I'm going to say it. Leave Do you your think they below. deserve to win? No, no. Sorry, I think, girls. I think that Joanna. Um, Mercedes, she went on to be a big famous model, though, didn't she? Kind of. She had a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a career. Um, she has a career. Um, uh, I think that Mercedes' walk was much better. Mm. Her the walk was much better in the fashion show. That that's hands down. But to me, Joanna's final picture and the body of work. I think they made the right decision. Um, I, mean, I hate to say it, it's true, but I do. Do you disagree? Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> and then for cycle four with Naima. I think Naima was the correct winner. Yeah, yeah. Now, not to name great. drop again, but yeah. I did this like commercial for cakes in like 2018 and I was like in Brooklyn and I was minding my own business and then I was like looking at the monitor and I was like, I think I started talking about what I think about America's Next Top Model winners in history and then I looked at the monitor and I was like, is that Naima? And then they were like, yeah. Like Naima was an extra on the commercial and I was like, I'm going to shit my pants. Wow. Like, can I sit at the table with her? Like, can we change everything so that I, I can, like, can I just, and she was so exhausted by me. Like, <laughs> no, she, like, because I asked if I could talk to her. No, she did not follow back. She I was not you were into say, it. She was a dream. I she did not, she was not vibing me at all. She was like, this fucking, I don't want to talk about ANTM. 
get I, fucked. Like I'm an extra on your fucking dumb commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want ANTM. Like yeah, yeah. I want to shove my foot up your ass. Right, like she was right. not feeling it. And I was oh. like, whereas I was like, oh my God, and your identical twin. I remember all about that. And <laughs> um, yeah, she was not, not vibing. Oh wow. But I still love her. I think yeah. maybe she I mean she took pictures of me, but the energy was like, I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. Yeah. And she was. Something I, I, an intrusive thought that I had earlier, and I want to make sure that I ask it, um, is that I mean, you you know you you grew up in a fairly hostile environment, you know, and and then you you know you strayed, you went, you left home, you came a little undone, and you got back on track, and really, I mean, that just kept going and going and going. What do you think? I mean, there's obviously some sort of inner strength in you. And and have you ever been able to name that? Do you know what it is and, and what it is that keeps you from straying, you know, from fucking up? I, I think I, I get that question sometimes. And I think it's really that like, damn it. I thought I was the first. Well, well no, but first of all, like I do fuck up. Yeah. Like I, it might not look the same that it looked. Sure. You or know, it might be to the same degree. Right. Yeah. But I still struggle and I still fuck up with things all the time. Yeah. And um, so I don't think that you're ever, I always like think like, you know, your self-acceptance and like your healing is never like, well, tied that up in a box. And I think anyone who's ever been in recovery knows, and not, not that I'm an all the way sober queen, I'm like a harm reduction queen, but we always have to be in a relationship with like, if we're taking care of ourselves or like our stuff, our trauma, our stuff, like yeah. whenever you think that you've like fully got it figured out, honey, like that's when like the oh, universe is going to bring you to your knees. Absolutely. So, and, I, and you just, or uh, for me personally, it's been like, wow, I've really learned that lesson. And then a year later, I'm like, oh, man, I fucking learned that lesson again real hard, you know, or deeper or whatever, you know, yeah. it's the same lesson. And it just, I, I don't know this. Like, again, it's a difference of degree. Like the fuck ups become smaller yeah. and less traumatic and less upsetting and less uh, disruptive. Which is really another way of saying like, it's on a spectrum because, you know, yeah. it's like, sometimes it's like, you're, it's like, you know, what was the thing about you? And it's like, it, I think it's not, it's almost like a binary thing or it's like not binary because there could be any answer, but it's like saying it's like, what's the one thing? But it wasn't one because mm -hmm. like, it's like, I think my relationship with my, my mom and my stepdad, like their relationship played a huge role in my ability to recover and heal. Like yeah. they had a secure functioning relationship. Like my stepdad was, you know, 28 years sober when he died. I grew up like outside of 12 step meetings, like coloring, coloring books and shit, like waiting. Mm. So I would like hear stuff. Like I was like, my mom, you know, didn't make me afraid of asking for help as far as like therapy or like asking for mental health care. Like, yeah. um, you know, I also just so happened to go into an industry, which was hairdressing that like was my North star. Like yeah. I had friends in salons. I had clients that cared about me. So even no matter how fucking far off the rails I got, which was very far, there were, I had community. And so are there other people who had like more resources than me and had the same issues and didn't make it? For sure. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying that like it was only because of my support or, but I am saying that like I'm a white person. I come from money. Like I had, you know, social capital that allowed me to to have some of that resilience. I see. Um, and so I want to be really clear about that. You know, I mean, it's not like so, but I think that it's there's so many. I've learned so many lessons, and I had so much. Even though I did have merciless bullying, um, you know, I was sexually abused. I have dealt with eating disorders. I've dealt with drug addiction. I've um, been very involved in sex work. I've, you know, I've I have seen a lot. I've mm -hmm. been through a lot. But I also like had a foundation that did show up for me. And I also think that like there was a child 
there's like a child part within me that like even through all of those things that I've been through, I'm still, and I don't know why I'm able to do this, but I am, I'm still able to see the world in that, in my, in those eyes. Mm. Like we're in U.S. nationals right now for gymnastics, like women's night one is tonight and yeah. night two is on Sunday. I will fucking tackle you like Adam Sandler and fucking the water boy. Like get off my mama. If you try to like, I will Getting not be taking selfies with TV. anybody. Like I yeah, like, yeah. and that is the same obsession that I had in like 92 watching like Kim Zemeskel and Shannon Miller. Yeah. Like I figure skating gymnastics. Like I like rocks. I'm obsessed with rocks, like yeah. geodes, love flowers, obsessed insects, obsessed. Like I've always had like certain things that like when yeah. I was little, I loved. And when I see those things now, I'm still just like, Whoa. Yeah, like I yeah, just think yeah. that is so and like on my podcast, like on getting curious, like I've always loved to learn. Like I've yeah. always like, but if I'm not naturally curious about it, like math, I don't give a fuck. Right. But like if it's like biology, I'm really interested in biology. I'm yeah. really interested in nature. I'm really interested in history. Yeah. I'm really interested in like how things work. Yeah. Um, so like engineering. Yeah. Um, and also like net like natural history, like earth history, or excuse me, earth science. I'm really yeah. into. Um, and like geography. So like those, I mean, I've covered like Anything under any of those things I've just said, like history, science, most sciences that aren't too mathy, um, and like, uh, like really like any social studies, mm-hmm. I have covered like almost every single like academic vertical, and I I just love getting to learn, but it's like it feels very childlike, and when I'm learning, because like I just I am still. It's for the joy of and it. And I feel just like blown away by how yeah. interesting things are, and I also think that another piece of it is like when you have survive sexual abuse and meth addiction, like, and sexual compulsivity, I'm, like, typically so grateful to, like, not either be in that space in my life or feeling, like, trapped where I come from. Because, mm-hmm. like, those were both felt like different sorts of prisons, yeah. you know? So to be in control of myself and have the access and the resources to, like, get to do what I want to do and get to, like, learn what I want to learn about and then get to like share that and hopefully help people along the way is like, I'm so fucking excited about that. Yeah. Cause I could be literally dead. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's like why I am able to do that. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention the podcast because I was given this thing, this thing you have, uh, getting, getting curious is the name of your podcast. It's been on for eight years, but I hear it's, it's evolving. We have Curious Now, which is about current events, Pretty Curious, which is about beauty and grooming, and then there was one other one, too, wasn't Ask there? JVN. Ask JVN. Do you remember Talk uh, Sex with Sue Johansson? No. Oh, the, lady, the Canadian yeah. lady. Yeah, she just yes, passed yes, away, yes. but she was yeah, like a sex yeah. issue. Um, so Ask JVN is giving that. It's like all your nastiest sex questions. Like, how do I prepare for anal? I'm scared of anal. What? Like, how do I get into it? Like, how do I talk to my partner about it? Can I have yeah. a three-way with my ex? Like, you know, what do I do if I get an STI? Like, it's like all the sex, all the relationship, yeah. all the juicy, juicy. That's on Ask JVN. She's for adults only, and she's behind a paywall. So that's for <laughs> Ask JVN. Are these different, or are they all just sort of like different flavors of they're, the beginning, the getting curious? They're like in my getting curious universe. I see, I see. So getting curious, um, the main all-star with her. So she's every Wednesday. And she is eight years old. We've done like 350 or something so episodes. Um, Because for the first like three years, I did it bi-weekly because I was like doing it alone. And then I took a little time off when I was doing Queer Eye. But now we've been like weekly since 
like 2000 and like the middle of 18 or something. So I'm on like 350 yeah. episodes. Um, and so then part of that was, is that like getting curious really is like my passion project. It's like what I want to learn about. Mm-hmm. Like in the last five weeks, um, I learned all about killer whales. I learned about all the, like literally all things killer whales, all the different ecotypes, what they eat, who's in danger, who's not in, in who's not in danger. Like every single like killer whale wives tale. Like I learned all about all about it. And I got to interview the scientists. They literally like harvest whale shit from the ocean. And then they can tell like sex, age, if it's pregnant, health wow. issues, what pot it came from. So fascinating. Like, I, so all things killer whales I learned about with her. The week before that, I learned all about the science of sleep with this neuroscientist who studies sleep. That was like a Mythbusters episode where it's like every single, like, is it true if I drink a bunch of alcohol before bed? Like, it's going to fuck me up. What about if I like smoke weed before bed? What yeah, about, yeah. like, can you really like get over a bad night's sleep? If you miss your sleep, can you really never get it? Like, I learned, oh man. And the week before that was all about the paparazzi and like the origins of the paparazzi though, like who the paparazzi are, like what all the internal dynamics of works. that. Yeah, like, yeah. All, I, and also- I did not know. I thought I knew. I did not fucking know. I was, I actually almost with that episode, because like one of our producers pitched it and I was like, yeah, I think I'm curious. Cause like that's kind of my rule on getting curious. Like I got it. Yeah. And, and like 80% of the time, it's like I I like I was the one, who, but then obviously we got a team. So like the Sunday sure. pitching really good ideas. So that was paparazzi. And the week before that was all about parasites. And I was so scared of parasites, but I'm not fucking scared of parasites. That was like fun, but like that's how all over the place we yeah, are. Yeah. And like in, in history, like I inter- like some of my favorites were like I interviewed this like historian who studies like the victims of the queer victims of the Nazis. So he's like a historian who like really studies like wow. queer, queer Germany, speaking Germany, yeah. Um, extensively. His name is Dr. Jake Newsome. Obsessed with him. Dr. Stephen Thrasher. I learned all about like how viruses throughout history like affect classes differently. Yeah. He has a book about the viral underclass. I learned all about monkeypox with him. It's, uh, it's fascinating it's, stuff. Oh my it's God, great. So, so and I, mean, I love that I love that that it is so widespread. Like you, know? you want to learn about sea turtles, you want to learn about HIV, girl. Yeah, I got yeah. you. So we've yeah. really, we've really run well, the gamut. All of, every single one of those, I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I actually would so like to hear about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and also the abortion one, you guys. Dr. Jackie Antonovich, uh-huh. that one, I actually get chills thinking about it. Like that shit, Dr. Jackie Antonovich, history of abortion. Whoa. Yeah. Like, whoa, major. That one's like so good. If you want to like really get it on that, like fuck, but like not get it on. And also just be like, whoa, we're scared because these justices yeah. are unhinged. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I was kind of with getting curious. It's like, that was kind of like me shoving down the throats of the people. Like what? Like I want to learn about, yeah. you know, and I got an audience for that. People like it. But I was like, why don't you do like a beauty one that's more of like, you know, because I've learned so much about the beauty industry. Like I, I, like I talk to founders and other hairdressers and other like makeup artists. I mean, just like all the time because I've like become sure. a part of the beauty industry in such a different way, and I've learned so much about it. So like I wanted to share that. I want to like talk more about beauty. I just like I kind of miss being in the salon. So it's like that's kind of what Pretty Curious is for. And then Curious Now is like. I'm so much more aware of so many more issues and so many more experts and what's going on in the world because of getting curious yeah. that I want to be able to keep up on those issues and also like leave you off with a little like sorbet palette cleanser. So it's not just like how everything's fucked up, but like these are the people that you can help actionably. Like if you don't have the bandwidth, like this is what you can do. This is who you can donate to. This is who you can volunteer for. This is what you can share about on your social. So it's like more actionable. Uh-huh. And then I already told you what JBN is. It's like slut hour. Yeah. So it's really just kind of like more fully branching out and getting to like, we built such an incredible community within getting curious that it's like we wanted to be able to like I kind of wanted to be able to branch out and do more while still yeah. learning but be able to like kind of grow our audience so we're really excited for like our new evolution okay that's great thank you now, I gotta I gotta let you go because I we I mean I could stay for another hour but um the final question of this it's what have you learned and I mean do you have kind of a guiding principle that uh, you know any one or you know that that you can share with people yeah 
I always kind of say the same, same thing. So if you've like listened to a lot of my interviews, you're gonna be like, I know what you're about to say, but it's true. And I really feel this. It's like the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes people will be like, yeah, but community is so important. But it's like, you don't know if you need community or if you need support, if you don't have a clear relationship with yourself. Yeah. Like if you think you always got to pull it up by the bootstraps and you can't ask for help, like that's not a very clear relationship with yourself. Yeah. So I think like, the space to slow down and focus on your relationship with yourself is like the most important thing we'll do. Great. Well, this has been really a joy. Thank I love you, you to so pieces. much. This has been so much fun. I yeah. can't wait to see the ANTM redo pictures of you <laughs> and Conan. I'm really and so we're, my mom. We're on them right now. The guys at the lab. They're already they're already doing it. Uh well Jonathan Van Ness, good luck. Thank you so much. Uh and and thank you all of you for listening. And I'll be back next week with more of this. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco production. It is produced by Sean Doherty and engineered by Rich Garcia. Additional engineering support by Eduardo Perez and Joanna Samuel. Executive produced by Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, with assistance from Maddie Ogden. Research by Alyssa Grawl. Don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to The Three Questions with Andy Richter wherever you get your podcasts. And do you have a favorite question you always like to ask people? Let us know in the review section. Can't you tell my love's a-growing? Can't you feel it ain't showing? Oh, you must be a-knowing. I've got a big, big love. This has been a Team Coco production. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.